0: Well, over. I thought I was going to drown. Drown? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and his buddies. They just make you say, Oh fuck I me, <laughs> <laughs> oh, me dead
0: Oh fuck me dead. Oh fuck me dead.
1: I'm circus Justin.
0: <laughs> I'm Amanda.
1: Did I use Circus last week?
0: I can't remember. <laughs> What's happening?
1: Yeah, you know, just reporting reporting.
0: R- reporting reporting live from the podcast <laughs> studios
1: no. recording a podcast episode 38
0: is it 38
1: uh, that's what my bookmarks say
0: oh well i believe you
1: which means we're only 14 weeks away from our year
0: wow oh that's scary
1: which is kind of terrifying
0: yeah i mean it also means that it'll be the end of the year which well it's is a good thing terrifying. that on
1: jan i mean january 1st coronavirus is just gonna go away. Looking at people's tweets, that seems to be what they think. Next year, coronavirus will just disappear.
0: So January 1st, we're all going to be safe?
1: No, that's stupid. Oh. That's like the people who thought Dan Andrews was going to go out there today and be like, okay, well, in a week's time, just fucking kick it open.
0: You know what I find really funny? is like the people who call Dan Andrews a dictator, but if you were a dictator, you wouldn't be allowed to say that? Yeah. How weird is that, hey? <laughs>
1: I think we talk enough about this shit that started every podcast. Yeah,
0: I know. I mean, it's hard because there's not a lot of other things going on right Excuse now.
1: Excuse me. Something else did happen today. Wh- what happened? <laughs> Nothing.
0: No? no. Why not?
1: Um, yeah. So I was forced against my will into streaming. That is not true. Kind of true.
0: That is not and true.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I did my first live stream today on Twitch.
0: He did the twitching thing.
1: I did it. I think it went pretty well. I think for a first attempt?
0: Yeah, no, I think you I did really well. I don't
1: think my second attempt will draw the biggest numbers I got today, but I, I feel like that's to be expected.
0: I mean, you know, people get excited that it's your True first. Turn off.
1: I am thankful for everyone who did come. I know several of you listened to the podcast who did turn up, so thank you again. Yeah. I might have done another one by the time this goes live. I don't know.
0: I guess it depends on how much time you have.
1: Yeah, so I streamed Hades and a little bit of Fall Guys. Probably won't do Hades again. Okay. I don't know. I feel like... There is one game I kind of want to do. It's a visual novel called About Valhalla. You play as like this bartender okay. in the future. Right, okay. There's a talking Sheba. Okay. okay. <laughs> and a little leader sex robot.
0: Okay. It's
1: a good game. I've never finished it because my computer I was playing on died just before I got to the end. Mm-hmm. And by the time I built a new one, I kind of forgot all the plot threads and you kind of need know what's going on to get through it. So I was like, well, I'll play it again one day. But I thought that could be fun to play. Why not? act out considering doing horizon zero dawn maybe but when it a- comes out on pc it is out on pc oh is it yeah
0: oh i didn't even know that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, i don't know how well it'll run on my computer uh, but i am looking to upgrade my graphics card soon so maybe when that happens but by the time the new graphics card comes out cyberpunk and assassin's creed will be around the corner true i also want to do adictus mechanicus because that's fun but no one was streaming it today so i was like is that a wise decision i'd, I'd corner the market
0: yeah but is anyone searching for it exactly we'll see i haven't decided what to do yet okay you got time to think about it yeah
1: but uh, i mean if you listen to the podcast and you would like to come along have a watch if that interests you for some reason uh you can find me on twitch at cj underscore twitch tv i think it is
0: we were we were uh throwing around the idea of doing a live podcast recording maybe like the year special we'll let you know if that's something we decide to do who's account would we do it on
1: Because you've got a Twitch account. Will we double stream? Will we stream at the same
0: time? I don't know. That's That's too much. something we can think about in 14 weeks' time. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) We thought that might be fun to do something special for the the year, maybe. I don't know. It might change our minds by the time that rolls around. Who knows? It's just an idea we're talking about. Christmas
1: is only 15 weeks away, everyone.
0: Why would you do that to people? (laughs) Why?
1: (sighs) It's on a Friday this year, though. TGIF yay does that mean Boxing Day public holiday gets pushed to Monday the 28th it does yes long weekend
0: it's always a four day weekend
1: oh (laughs) what are your stories like this week
0: (laughs) Let's change that subject very quickly. Uh first off I wanna apologize if I am less energetic than normal. I have a massive headache right now. I'm just i I'm just gonna push through it. But if my brain stops working, this is why. My stories this week, I've got two short ones and one long ish one.
1: I've got no I'd say mine are fairly quick. Especially the last one. The last one's a really little quick little just a just a quickie.
0: We already know what two of mine are. Do we? You do. Do I? The listener does not. <laughs>
1: oh, secrets.
0: <laughs> secrets. Secrets. I discussed them with you today. I only really remember one. Okay. Well, that's good then. Um, surprises for all. <laughs> who, who, who do you want to go first?
1: Nah, but I'll go first again, maybe. Okay. Or not again. I don't remember. <laughs> But do you remember, and I know you're a big fan of him last week,
0: Mittens? Mittens the kitten.
1: No kitten, but yeah. I don't care. Well, while I was learning about Mittens last week, I also learned that he's not the first of his kind.
0: Like a cat? I could have told you that last
1: week. Oh. (laughs) That's a very short story That No. not the first of his kind in Wellington's history. You see, many years before, there was Mittens wandering around the city of Wellington. There was Paddy, Paddy, Paddy? the Wanderer. Okay, not to be confused with Wolfric the Wanderer. Okay. <laughs> so Paddy was, and I might say this wrong because I don't think I've ever heard this dog's name pronounced. But you've probably seen them before, an Airedale Terrier. Sorry, A-I- I just shrugged
0: and you couldn't see. R
1: e Dale Terrier. You've uh, definitely no seen idea. them before. Okay, but he was a dog. Shock. Horror. I think I already said that, he's a dog. And he wandered around Wellington way back in the 1930s.
0: Okay, that's a long time ago. Sorry,
1: having a moment there. Did you just have an aneurysm? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he was originally actually called Dash, not Patty. Okay. And he was the family pet. Well, he's the pet of a family, sorry. Specifically of their little girl, I believe her name was Elsie. Now, unfortunately, Elsie dies before her fourth birthday
0: oh the, was, was really pneumonia,
1: sad so yeah that is sad uh dash became rather upset after this and he ended up spending a lot of time at the wellington wharfs the reason for this was that elsie's father was the seaman which you might find is a recurring theme this week for me okay the dog was used to going there because the family would be coming and going or going to see off their father whatever mm-hmm. it's believed he was looking for her after she died
0: Oh, that's so sad. That Um, hurts me.
1: Yeah, but he just wouldn't leave the docks. So people, including Elsie's parents, you know, tried to rehome him back at home, bring him home, give him to new homes. He was having none of it. Didn't want to be at home anymore. He just wanted to go wandering. Okay. So slowly, the city's workers began to just look after him. He sort of became the city's pet.
0: Right. So, like, everyone just chipped in and looked after him?
1: Yeah, Carly kind of like Haveron sees mittens rolling around. Yeah. There was Paddy. Uh they even took turns chipping in to pay for his annual dog license.
0: Oh, that's which is so a registration.
1: Nice. During this time, when he was wandering the cities when he became known as Paddy the Wanderer. Didn't explain where he got the name Paddy from?
0: I was about to say, where the fuck did Paddy come from?
1: I don't know, because we know he was Dash originally.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: Despite there being two or three biographies on this dog, I actually had a bit of trouble finding information online about him.
0: <laughs> okay. So. Well, I mean, I guess it was the 1930s, they didn't exactly have the internet then. Exactly.
1: So, no, there's no Instagram pics of Paddy the Wanderer. There are photos of him, though. Okay. So he was often spotted riding the Wellington trams and in the taxis. Going around town, people just gave him lift. So,
0: like, uh, taxis would just rock up, open the door, and let him in?
1: Or, I guess, or they just, when they stopped, he just climbed in? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. One time, he stowed away aboard a ship and arrived in australia what
0: okay come on what are you going to do? Not let the dog on
1: the boat? Probably didn't realize they left the port and they thought, whatever, we're going back next week. <laughs> Take him back. Uh, he was spotted in several ports all around New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And there's even a rumor that he made it all the way to San Francisco. How? On a boat. Well,
0: And no one noticed he was missing for that long?
1: Well, I'm sure the boats crew knew he was on the boat. But I get like, no one, he doesn't belong to anyone. So they're probably like, oh, I just haven't seen him in a while. I was wandering elsewhere. Uh, Paddy's also notable for holding the title of New Zealand's first dog to fly in an airplane.
0: What? So they just let him on a plane? <laughs>
1: They just put him on a plane one day. It was a gypsy moth biplane. Okay. They even made his own little flying cap for him. Oh my god! (laughs) So if you think about the leather cap you see in old movies of like biplane pilots wearing, yeah, I know.
0: I know the kind. Like it automatically springs to mind.
1: That, but for a dog. (laughs) And in one of the biographies, someone's drawn a picture of him wearing his cap in a biplane. Oh my god! First. New Zealand dog to fly in a plane. It's very wasn't special. even a passenger plane. A gypsy moth is like a wartime biplane. They just put him in there and flew him around for some reason. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. They were bored? I don't know. <laughs> uh, they gave Paddy the official title of Assistant Night Watchman. Oh. And his job was to keep guard for pirates, smugglers, and rodents amongst the dock.
0: I mean, that sounds like a pretty important job.
1: Yes. Obviously, you know, Paddy is a dog. Uh,
0: you've mentioned that a couple of times, yeah.
1: They don't live. Forever? What? I'm sorry.
0: No, pets live forever. That's how it works.
1: Paddy died on the 17th of July, 1939, in Harbour Shed Number One, which was his favourite of the Harbour Sheds, and it actually still stands to this day. Oh. So you can go see where he used to like sleeping. Old age or a sudden cold snap on that night? I suspect it was probably a combination of both.
0: Probably. Basically,
1: what's reported as his cause of death. Uh, his death was announced not only in the papers but by radio broadcast.
0: Oh, because people wanted to know what happened.
1: He was given a funeral parade of 12 taxi cabs and a traffic officer. One biography written on him claims that the city was brought to a standstill. (sighs) Granted, back in the 1930s, Wellington, it's still not a huge city to this day, but still, everyone in the city stopped for a dog. And then finally, in 1945, a drinking fountain was built in his honour, paid for by those who remembered him. And those who used to leave him rides in their taxis and things, they all chipped in and built a memorial in his honour.
0: I'm assuming it's still there.
1: It does. That stands to its day. It is actually a geocache spot now, if you're into geocaching. Okay. And it's a water fountain, but they've also got the dog bowls in there as well for other dogs.
0: Right. Okay. Interestingly,
1: several of the stones used in its construction are actually former stones of London's Waterloo Bridge that was bombed in World War
0: II. How did it end up there?
1: Don't know. <laughs> okay. That's just a fact I have there.
0: Okay.
1: So the Wellington Museum of City and Sea, or Wellington Museum City and Sea, I don't know exactly what the name of it is there, has a whole display dedicated to Paddy, including an animatronic rat running around the ceiling, because apparently he liked to chase rats. <laughs> and there's a little statue of him as well, and when you pat it, it barks.
0: Oh, that's equal parts cute and terrifying.
1: Not only that, the Wellington Museum still pays for his dog license to this day, and they hold a little ceremony every year. <sighs> Used a few sources for this, mostly Wikipedia and a NewZealandHistory.gov, dot I think something like that webpage. But most of my information actually came from Geo Rick's YouTube video, which I will link. Okay. Uh, Geo Rick and his wife basically are a couple of older Kiwis, and they just seem to travel around New Zealand, filming themselves going and finding geocaches, which is kind of cool.
0: Right, I guess that's how you know it's a geocache spot.
1: Yes, it is because they showed where the yeah. <laughs> geocache was and everything. Uh, There is actually a folk song about Paddy the Wanderer. I will link to it. I'm hoping to maybe put it at the end of this episode, but I don't know copyright on it. Yeah. I have found the guy who created it and I've sent him a message, but if he doesn't respond by the time this episode has to go out, I'm sorry, it won't be at the end of it. Okay. I'm not saying it's an amazing song, but I enjoyed it still. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's a little folk song about the life of Paddy the Wanderer.
0: So it was, like, written in the 30s?
1: No, I think it was written quite recently, actually, only a couple of years ago. Oh, okay, interesting. But the guy who wrote it, um... He's got a great name. He's, hang on, let me just go find him. He is Derek Kirkland, who I believe is known as like the Wandering Shearer or something, or the Singing Shearer. Okay. So he sounds like he's a bit of a long time folk singer around New Zealand. I believe you can actually go and find him playing in Wellington in the area where Paddy used to wander.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
1: If you're living in New Zealand or if you ever to go to Wellington, you'd like to learn more about Paddy. There's a museum dedicated to him. And if you watch the video, they show several spots and buildings and things that used to be around when he was around. I guess Wellington is kind of like Melbourne. Yeah. In a way, but a lot smaller. (laughs) Right, okay. Tiny.
0: That's the story of Paddy the Wanderer. Do you have a photo of him I can look at? and admire?
1: I'll see if I can pull one up for you. Paddy the Wanderer. Sending it through to you now, if I can just find you on Disco There you go.
0: Oh, he looks like a good boy.
1: I kind of hope he did make it all the way to San Francisco.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: story of Patty the Wanderer.
0: It makes me sad.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry to start off with a sad one, but don't worry, my next two stories are ridiculous.
0: Okay. (laughs) I've got a story of government failure for my first one. This has nothing to do with COVID or the lockdown.
1: Are there any stories of of government success?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This one's, like, stupid. When I read this, I'm like, why? This is so silly. The New South Wales government has recently purchased ten new ferries that like will operate Tinkerbell, yeah. Sorry? Like Tinkerbell. No, not like Tinkerbell, like the big boat. Ferry, not ferry. The floss. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> They've purchased ten new ferries that will operate along Parramatta River and on inner harbour routes. Routes? Routes. Which one do we say? You can go either way. Whatever, one of those. Who takes the boat up to fucking Parramatta?
1: Uh have you never been on the River Cap? No. Oh, okay. it's slower than the bus <laughs> and the train, like and it's,
0: it's more expensive. It's, it's more of a tourist thing, I think. I know. However, the ferries that have been purchased are unable to safely pass under the Camilla Railway Bridge and the Gaswitz Bridge near Parramatta due to their low clearance levels.
1: Of course. This is just like when they built a new train line. They made it to a different scale to the rest of the bloody city's train line, so you can't use any other trains on it except for the trains built for that particular line. And then they made a hole too small to fit regulations for the tunnel.
0: I actually mentioned that later.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry for spoiling the story.
0: (laughs) Why Why? Why would you do this?
1: This is the New South Wales state government? Yes. Yes, okay. That's exactly what they do.
0: Why? Because they're fucking sick. Just buy a ferry that fits under the fucking bridge.
1: No. I bet you they have some mate who sold them the ferry <sighs> and they knew what they were doing so then they had to buy more ferries. They got two mates and they're like, oh, we'll buy the ferries that don't fit first and then we'll go the ferries that do fit. And then they'll be like, oh, we'll just raise the bridge and they'll fuck that up too.
0: The answer is to have the passengers sitting on the top deck move to the lower ones in that portion of the journey to avoid decapitation.
1: Wow. So they do fit under the bridge.
0: Only just, though.
1: Okay. I bet you it was Birgically and herself was sitting there, and she was like, the clearance is this much, the boat's only this tall, there you go, you've got three centimetres of space.
0: Never mind that people's heads are usually a bit higher than three centimetres. You think she cares? (laughs) Probably not. Imagine getting on a ferry, and if you don't move That's at the right really time, lim- you might lose your head. That would also limit the capacity of people it could carry up the river. Right, it's, it's fucking stupid. This is why I read this, and I'm like, why? Just buy a different fucking ferry. They should have got a ferry have made. where there's
1: a deck under the water. What are you going to see? Nothing, but at least you won't be decapitated.
0: I don't think you'd want to see what's in the Parramatta River.
1: The face of God staring back at
0: you. <laughs> So I've got a quote from the New South Wales Shadow Minister for Transport, Christopher Minns. This is another example of what happens when you buy off-the-shelf transport infrastructure from other countries. There are too many variables in our transport system. We'd like the government to tell transport commuters what safety measures they are putting in place to keep commuters safe. It's hard to believe they went ahead with this order knowing that the ferries won't fit under the bridge. Now alongside late-running trains and COVID-safe buses, commuters will have to worry about bridges knocking their heads off as they battle with Sydney's transport. (laughs) I feel like you may have some attitude about the subject (laughs) welcome to sydney public transport
1: roulette what will kill you this time will be some nut job at the station with a knife coronavirus (laughs) introducing the new feature decapitation (laughs) pay four times the price and take a journey that takes two hours instead of 40 minutes (laughs) and arrive seven kilos lighter
0: oh my god so the government's response to this debacle was that they went ahead with buying the ferry so that passengers could have the option of open-air viewing for some of the journey. That's stupid. Now, this might be a radical idea, guys. But what if you just bought a ferry that could fit safely under the bridge with a top deck? In the standard Sydney ferries, you can go outside. Like, you don't need a top deck to view. No, but I mean, if that was important to them... It like, doesn't right, even make just... sense. It's the
1: Parramatta River. There's nothing exciting to see
0: on it. No, not really.
1: <laughs> like, once you get past the body bridge between roads in meadowbank it's nothing
0: yeah it would make more
1: sense to yeah. get an open top ferry to put in the actual harbor like the one that goes from sydney to manly that's an actual view that's a tourist attraction that's something to do
0: yeah but then like no the one goes, cats aren't big can't enough. wait to
1: see that fucking scenery on the way up to Parramatta. oh look some factory <laughs> wow look at this fucking pipe that goes <sighs> over the road from a factory to a business hub glad i got my head cut off for this <laughs>
0: Doesn't make a lot of sense here. I mean, the river cats are a lot smaller, so you wouldn't be able to use them for the circular key to manly trip. It just wouldn't make any sense, but...
1: Are they going to advertise it as a literal jaw dropping new views?
0: Oh my god. <laughs> as you mentioned before... Forget this... jaw dropping your head's gonna roll! Oh my god. This isn't the first time the New South Wales government has bought off-the-shelf transport. In 2018, for some unknown reason, they decided to buy 55 new trains worth 2 billion dollars that were too wide to safely fit through tunnels and were too wide for some stations.
1: Yeah and then they had to change the stations.
0: And widen the tunnel.
1: Not only that when they built the new train line that went out to like Castle Hill and stuff they built that tunnel too thin and then they couldn't actually make it bigger so I think still to this day it doesn't actually meet Australian regulations for safety clearance to get through there. That's ridiculous. So the trains have to go through it slower. Now that was what I last heard. It's been a few years. They may have changed it, but I think they said something like, we can't actually widen the tunnel because it will collapse.
0: <laughs> I guess, like, I just don't totally understand because we're talking about literally billions of dollars. Wouldn't it have just made sense to buy something that's appropriate for what, like, for our infrastructure? Yes. Okay. So they, okay, okay. Let's just, you know, I sort of put that out there. But as this an is option. also the same
1: woman who was like, yeah, let everyone off the fucking Princess Ferry or whatever it was called. <laughs> What was that boat called? I have, I can't remember. Oh, Ruby Princess. Ruby Princess. The same government that was like, yeah, Ruby Princess, fucking come on in.
0: They didn't have to just get their heads cut off. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: Fucking let them walk in.
0: But yeah, that's my story. New South Wales can't buy things that actually fit our landscape for some reason.
1: Fuck me. I can't stand the New South Wales state government. They're so stupid. I can't stand a lot of the Australian governments if I'm being completely honest. I mean. I mean, I never voted for any of them.
0: Well, lucky for you, I guess. I was forced <laughs> to do that.
1: <laughs> Look. So stories like that, I could use a stiff drink, which is a good thing. My next story is definitely about stiff drinks.
0: Okay, I'm so worried about what this is about. (laughs) Going back to Wellington once
1: again. I didn't check where my last story takes place, but it's definitely in New Zealand. Maybe it was all set in Wellington. Who knows? On the corner of Victoria and Williston Street, a block from Frank Kitts Park in Wellington's Lambton Harbour. Which is actually just a stone throw from where Paddy used to wander around. Convenient. It's all come together. (laughs) And that's also just around the corner from Evans Bay, which is where my grandmother reportedly blew up part of Evans Bay with a landmine one time with her best (laughs) mate. Story for another day. Don't know how entirely true it is, but
0: I think it's just fun to believe that it is true.
1: But anyway, as I said, on the corner of Victoria and Wilson Street, you will find the Green Man Pub. Now, if you Google Green Man Pub, there's like 10,000 of them around the world. It's an Irish pub because it flies both the New Zealand and the Irish flags. Seems like just a typical city pub, right? You know, the food does look pretty good, actually. I kind of want to go. (laughs) I've wanted to go to this bar for a while. I've known about it for a while. And I kind of want to go. The food looks really good. And I know about the pub because of these drinks. Would I try them? Maybe one of them. Okay. And that's what might take you by surprise, actually. And really put the Green Man Pub in Wellington, New Zealand on the map for its repeated use of a certain animal product in a couple of its drinks. I will note that it has been some time since one of these beverages has been on the menu, but I wouldn't be surprised if they ever did another one. Okay. I quite like beer, and I really like weird drinks. as I said, I'm not entirely sure if I'd be super game to try these. So before I go any further, I must ask, do you know what a milk stout is? No. So a milk stout is essentially just a beer that they've added lactose to, which is like a new thing they do. Sort of makes it creamy. Okay. And smoother to drink. Kind of makes it more like drinking a milkshake, actually. So I don't mind them. I think it's still a bit weird. doesn't always work. I don't know how old they are, but they're certainly getting more popularity these days. Now, you might remember that in the Paddy story, I said semen would be a reoccurring theme for my stories. Okay. Well, in 2015, the Green Man Pub sold a stag semen milk stout.
0: That sounds... No.
1: Milked stout, should I say.
0: No, 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 <laughs> no, just no. No? No!
1: It was created for them by Choice Brews Brewery, and they used export-quality deer semen.
0: Says, like there's actual semen in the drink.
1: Yes, deer semen. Fuck that noise. Export-quality deer semen. Quote, We sort of, like, looked at the whole craft beer scene and thought, what could we do that's a bit outrageous, a bit green man? That's co-owner Steve Drummond. He was aware the ingredient may induce gag reflexes in some, but was confident it would be a success.
0: I just don't know why they thought, who would drink this?
1: Of the options we're going to talk about, you know, I might give it a go. Oh, gross. Maybe. I'd probably have to have a few drinks beforehand.
0: (sighs) I would not be helping you when you're vomiting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the semen was provided by a deer called Lagoon.
0: Oh, so just one.
1: Just one. It's all from one deer. Okay. And they note he provided, oh, sorry, he proved to be a considerable reservoir. So this fucking sta- this stag was pent up.
0: I, I don't like how they worded that. Or did you do that? Did you? No, no, no. Them? This is was- their writing. Jesus, no.
1: They also mentioned that the beer is hand pumped <sighs> because, quote, there's only one way to serve a steam and stout, and that's hand pulling it.
0: I hate it. I think, I think I just hate everything about it.
1: Well, it's going to get worse. Oh, God. Because in 2011, the pub used semen in a drink for the first time. Back then, though, they were making apple-infused horse semen shots.
0: I mean, is this even safe for human consumption?
1: I assume it must be. And for the record, the horse semen shots proved popular with women.
0: Ew! Uh...
1: Don't know what's going on with Wellington's women, but...
0: There's something wrong with you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, but...
1: So you're saying you wouldn't try that?
0: No, hell no. You couldn't pay me.
1: And you definitely try the other one because it's beer first and foremost.
0: Yeah, not not interested. And the stag at all. semen
1: in for the second. So they have tried deer semen and horse semen. No, I wonder what animal they'll do next. Oh god! But in between these two, in 2013, the bar just fucking straight up sold syringes of stag semen over the counter. I don't know why I don't or who like was it. buying them or why you need a syringe of stag semen. Can you imagine if you walked into a bar? Just there on the counter, like a box of cigars in the old days, but instead of cigars, it's just syringes full of horse semen. I don't, I don't want to imagine that. Why were they selling <laughs> syringes of horse semen? I don't know.
0: This sort of thing's weird. I don't know why you're putting like animal semen in drinks. I don't know why you're selling it for human consumption at a fucking <laughs> pub. Like this has to be some weird kink thing, no? <laughs>
1: Maybe there's a lot of furries in. Oh
0: god, <laughs> no,
1: the worst. <sighs> So Choice Brothers has also, sorry, Choice Bros has also brewed some other strange beers, but I'd say much more palatable. They did a roast lamb and mint beer made using potatoes, carrots, peas, kumara, and a lamb reduction. So it just sounds like fucking Heinz, big and chunky.
0: I was going to say, this doesn't really sound like a beer. It just sounds like a...
1: Dinner that you put in a blender. And a... Chianti liver and blood sausage beer. Gross. The stag semen salt reportedly has a big chocolate and roasted taste, along with a creamy texture, which actually comes from the added lactose, not the semen. Ugh. So the, I don't actually know what the semen does in the drink. It doesn't seem to add anything to it, other than the fact you can say I just drank stag semen,
0: which I don't know why you would want to say that.
1: Yeah, there you go. Ugh. I promise that is the end of all semen-related exploits.
0: Good, because I'm starting to feel week. sick. <laughs> <sighs>
1: What do you got to follow that up with? I we're just ending it there.
0: It's over. It's over. It's done. I I can't. I can't with that. <laughs> How's your headache now? Ah, uh, it's really bad, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I don't think that's from the semen. I think that's just from. I mean, I hope you're going to cut it. But I've been sneezing a lot as well. I think my brain's just trying to escape. <laughs> done. <Almost laughs> <the leaf. laughs> I was hear another
1: goddamn story about fucking horse semen, I am leaving.
0: <laughs> Let me out. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't follow that up, but I I am, so uh, (laughs) I also can't segue that, and I also don't want to, so. um. (laughs) A few weeks ago, I talked about about the Bass Strait Triangle.
1: The Bermuda of Australia.
0: Uh, Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is.
1: Or, as you were complaining today in a video you were listening to about it, the Bass Strait.
0: Yeah, I watched a YouTube video and yes, continually called it the Bass Strait. In what world is that bass? Well, bass and bass are spelt the same, like, but I guess. yes, it's a
1: strait. I assume it was either named after a guy whose last name was Bass, or there's probably
0: Bass in the Bass Strait. I assume it's door number two, but I, 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 don't, I don't know the answer, to be honest.
1: They call them Bass because that fish got a big
0: ass. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> please stop saying weird things about animals. <laughs> One last thing.
1: Oh god! It's a fish called the bony-eared ass fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's its scientific name.
0: This isn't helping my headache. <laughs> bony-eared ass fish. <sighs> Poor creature. Why are you googling it now?
1: I want to make sure I got it right. Bony, yeah, bony-eared ass fish. Oh my god.
0: Okay. <sighs> anyway, so. The Bass Strait Triangle is basically a stretch of water where a bunch of weird shit happens.
1: Like the Sydney to Hobart race. Yeah. And that cruise ship that goes to Tasmania.
0: I was going to say, plenty of ships go through there. I mean, it's a ferry.
1: Just like the real Bermuda Triangle.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to make this a few parts because when I googled incidents in the Bass Strait Triangle, there was a lot. So I'm just going to break it up over a few... I don't know how many parts it's going to be. It'll just depend on how much information there is on each incident, I guess. It could be um, maybe
1: you do one this week and then you do a couple of quickies and then yeah. another big one.
0: It's it's in it's in my list. It's in my plans. But um, in this episode, we're just going to talk about one other incident because not as much information as say Fred Valentich,
1: who was the last story we did on the Triangle.
0: Yes, not as much information as him, but there was still enough information for me to not roll in any others. In this episode, we're going to talk about the disappearance of the Miss Hobart. But Hobart's
1: it, sexiest woman.
0: It was a fucking plane. <laughs>
1: And it was an ugly place.
0: <laughs> so, but before I dive but into that... it, was still
1: Hobart's sexiest woman.
0: Oh my god, CJ! <laughs> but before I dive into that, I thought that maybe we should actually talk about what the best straight is. It's
1: a straight full of best.
0: <laughs> Look, I feel like. You know, Aussies will probably know exactly what I'm talking about, but since we know that we have international listeners, they might not be as familiar.
1: Hmm, Especially those South American ones who don't even listen to us.
0: Oh my God, here we go.
1: One day. Um, (laughs) One day it'll happen.
0: But in saying that, when I looked up the Bass Strait today, just to get some really basic information, I learned things I didn't know. Thought this might be useful information. Fact
1: number one, the Bass Strait is very, very wet. I did a geography test once where that would have been worth one point. I feel sad. An elective geography test. (laughs) Carry on.
0: The Bass Strait is the sea separating Tasmania from the south of the Australian mainland. It's worth noting it's not, like... The entire way across the bottom of Australia?
1: No, I believe it One little bit into the Tasman Sea on its east and the Great Australian Bight on its west. Yes, so... Also, it used to be a land bridge.
0: It did, which I'm going to mention that. Yes. Um, because it's approximately 240 k's wide and about... F-
1: so is, it, is that from the... When you say 240 kilometers wide, is that from the southern coast of Victoria to the northern coast of Tasmania, or is
0: that east to west? I'm going to be honest, the website I got the information from was not specific. Okay. So it's 240 Ks wide and about 50 meters deep. However, that's the average, so that means... Well, no, sorry, that was the Lowest. deepest it was, so it means it's shallower in some areas, which, when I read that, I'm like, only, only 50 meters? Mm. Like, that seems crazy shallow to me, but considering that Tasmania was once connected to the mainland by land, I guess probably not that surprising, actually. Yeah. So
1: that's 165-odd feet for Iberians and Americans.
0: It's just, it's not that deep.
1: No, as far as the ocean goes, pretty it's, shallow.
0: yeah. Um, I actually did look up what the average depth of the ocean is, and it's approximately 3,688 meters.
1: 3,688.
0: 3, yes. So the Bass Strait is very shallow mm. in comparison.
1: It's 12,099 feet. Very shallow. That's how deep. The average ocean depth, as you said, yeah. which is actually that guy who went up in balloons the other day in America. Yeah, he went crazy. higher than the average ocean depth.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy just to think. Why about. he
1: sounded drunk when he came back down? Because yeah. there's not a lot of air up there. He had hypoxia.
0: He did have an oxygen tank with him, but he, but was he, only said he like, wasn't using it. He was just breathing in like occasionally. He wasn't using it all the time. Idiot. Yeah. Uh When I seen that, the first thing I noticed is that he sounded drunk as shit.
1: Yeah, that would be hypoxia.
0: <laughs> the most famous case of a disappearance in the Bastille is. Frederick Valentich, which we covered in episode 34, and he disappeared in 1978, but the too-long-didn't-read version of that, if you didn't listen to that episode, is he was flying from Victoria to Tasmania over the Bass Strait and wasn't heard from again after a call to air traffic control claiming that he had seen a UFO flying above him. What I didn't know when I researched that case was that there was a very similar incident that occurred 44 years earlier, which is
1: the disappearance of the Miss Hobart. What year did Fred Valentich go away?
0: 1978. So the Miss Hobart went missing in 1934.
1: 2022. We 44 years after Fred Valentinch went away. Will we lose another aircraft?
0: <laughs>
1: I, I don't now, know. I actually mentioned this plane to my dad when he called today because it was Father's Day on the day recording. He seemed to have heard of it, um, but I don't know. He didn't say anything about it, which is what he usually does when I mention a plane crash, but he was like, oh yeah. Okay. So, But I think he recognized Miss Hobart.
0: I have a feeling this is probably one of the other better documented cases of something going wrong in the Bass Strait. Mm. Keep in mind, it is the 30s. Yes. When I was researching this, however, I did find an original news article from like the day after. Which is kind of cool. Which I thought was really cool. I didn't end up using it because it didn't have any information that what like it was outdated information, basically. But I just thought it was really cool that I could view that online. Anyway. So the Miss Hobart was a, how do you say the name of the plane again?
1: DeHalivand, who still may take off to this day.
0: A De 86, which is a four-engine plane, and on Friday, October nineteenth, in nineteen thirty-four, it was making a flight from La- Launceston,
1: Launceston,
0: Launceston, which
1: is Tasmania's second biggest city. And it's in the middle.
0: It is to Melbourne. It had eleven people on board, nine passengers and two pilots, and its last known communication came in at ten twenty a.m. And they indicated that all was well and that they were approaching the Victorian coast. However, the previous transmission to that indicated that the pilot thought that there was another aircraft near them. He described it as an aerial machine coming toward them, making a loud humming sound.
1: Interesting. It was also known as the De Hellevand Express. So it was quick. It was rapid.
0: <sighs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> by, by 1930s standards? It's top speed
1: was 267 kilometers an hour. Yeah. I guess that's pretty fast. It's a weird looking thing. It's one of these lovely early aircraft when they didn't really know what they were doing. So they built all kinds of wacky things. And now we know the best shape. So all the planes just look the fucking same. It's kind of
0: boring. Yeah. Based on the last transmission, it is thought that the aircraft went down around 10 miles or 16 Ks from Wilson's Promontory. Promontory? Promontory. Whatever. Which is a national park in Melbourne. No transmissions from the plane indicated that there were any issues or that the weather conditions were bad or that anything else for that matter was going wrong. When the plane didn't land at the expected time, a search began for the Miss Hobart by air and by sea. As that late afternoon, the weather and visibility was good. More and more planes joined the search. However, no signs of the planes or any of its passengers were found. This is sort of coming back again to a very similar thing with Fred Valentich where...
1: There's no trace.
0: There's no trace, but the search started fairly quickly. Hmm. Like, they were expecting this plane to land a certain time, and when it didn't, you know, the search began pretty quick, and there were a lot of people who were looking for them, but found nothing. This also makes me even more suspicious now that I know how shallow the Bass Strait is. What's the currents like through it, though? I mean, I guess it depends on the day. The next day, the leading theory was that the plane may have run out of fuel after an oil slick was found.
1: I don't buy that. Wouldn't they have known? Well, I mean, it is the early edge of flight. Keep in mind, you know, they've only been flying- 30 years. So what,
0: no fuel gauge at all? Well,
1: that would have been fuel gauge, but maybe they fucked up. It could have been faulty.
0: I mean, I guess. The day after, a pilot thought he spotted floating objects close to the area, but he said later that it wasn't possible to determine whether they were a part of the Miss Hobart. So I guess it's kind of like, maybe? The article I read said that he thought it might have been part of a wing. Okay. What condition? year was this? 1934.
1: Okay. So it's worth noting that in 1934, Australia didn't actually have air traffic control. Well,
0: they were talking to someone.
1: They would have just been talking to the airport.
0: Okay. Maybe. Well, I mean, yeah. I got that wrong. I assumed that they were talking to air traffic control
1: to some degree, but it wasn't really a thing. Uh, air traffic control wasn't really considered a, something they wanted to do until an air crash in 1938 of the Kymia into the Dandenong Ranges. Okay. And that's when they realized that aircraft were having issues navigating. Well, I mean, which either might be way, what they happened had- here.
0: Either way, they had spoken to someone Yeah, and given information that didn't indicate that anything was going wrong.
1: I think the more issue was that the planes, once, like, they probably only had a radio connection to Essendon Airport when they were within range. And then mm-hmm. you fly out of it and you're just kind of on your own, sort of thing.
0: It just, it does seem weird to me that they were so close and then suddenly they're not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It seems really weird that they were so close to where they were going and then just basically blinked out of existence.
1: But were they? They could have been lost and not realized it. They could have thought, we're here, but they weren't. There's no radar back then.
0: It's kind of hard to say. By Monday the 23rd, so they didn't give, really give these people much of a chance at all, um, <laughs> the search was completely abandoned after finding nothing.
1: I guess, again, it's the, uh, it's the 30s, you know? The, yeah. what, what, what technology well, what they, they, they really do, have? Yeah. We can't see anything. Fucking gone.
0: Yeah, it's a I depression,
1: mean, you know, they don't got money to waste on these fucking searches.
0: Basically, but yeah, completely abandoned three days later. An official in- inquiry was opened on October 30th of that year, and it was determined that very strong headwinds were the cause of the accident, but there was no evidence of that. The weather on the day of the disappearance was earlier described as perfect for flying. So I have a feeling that it was a bit of, we don't know, so we're going to say it was a strong wind.
1: Listed under technical deficiencies for the DeHalivand Express. First line on the Wikipedia article. Seriously lacking in directional stability.
0: (laughs) Right, okay. The DeHalivand
1: 86 were frequently in trouble. It then goes on to mention that on 19th of October 1938, the Miss Hobart was lost in the Bass Strait with no (laughs) survivors. Yes. So, like, they only built 60 of these aircraft. They weren't very successful.
0: The other thing about this, though, is that that plane was owned by a charter company it had made many flights with no issue it had a sister plane in the same company that was the same make made flights all the time with no issue I mean I guess it just takes for something small to go wrong it I think the thing that feels weird to me is that they were able to contact someone and say that everything was good and they were planning to land on time but then nothing you would think that if they had run into trouble after that that they could have contacted them again
1: that's true but they would have been flying visually and using maps, mm-hmm. I believe. i I'll check that, but I'm pleased on this how it would have still been done back then. So the scenario there I'm thinking is they think they're approaching Melbourne. They're not. They're completely lost. And when they do try to radio in again, they're out of range.
0: That's a possibility. It is also worth noting, though, that other planes and ships went through the same stretch that day with no issue. But I, well, what I'm saying is, navigation. I'm I'm trying to discredit the weather thing. Yeah, I, do, I think it was, a, it was a bit of we don't know. Let's blame this
1: exactly, which is fine because you can't really. And how accurate was their weather reporting back then? Especially once you go thousands of feet into the sky. Right. I think it sounds more like maybe a pilot error. They got lost navigating or something.
0: But I'm assuming that's why they had two.
1: Just convince each other they're both. Well, lost, I guess.
0: I, I mean, who it's knows? Very easy
1: for pilots to get lost in the air
0: this is the thing. We could could be right. We could be completely wrong. Who knows what happened on that plane? Um, Because obviously no one is here to tell the tale of what actually happened. Literally anything could have happened. It kind of sucks that we have no further information on the aerial machine that the pilot was talking about, because maybe that would give some kind of insight as to what else was going on. Apparently it was quite a brief report, but he did report it. Obviously, people do make the connection with Fred Valentich that it's it's not the same area, but it's pretty close. Maybe there is something going on in that area. I don't know. That's the thing. There is no real answer.
1: Just um, in this quick, I don't know if you mentioned it in your story there or if it's about to come up, but one of the speculations they had was an accident may have occurred when Captain Jenkins and the wireless operator or assistant pilot, because back in the day, they had a separate radio that someone had mm-hmm. to monitor in their cockpit, uh, when they were swapping seats mid-flight, something could have gone wrong.
0: The, it which would explain that. why
1: no one had time to grab the radio, because they've spun out.
0: I'm assuming that would have been a, also a routine thing, though, so why would that... Yeah, fair enough. I I, I don't know. I kind of I did read that, but I was like, I don't know what weight that holds. It sounds like only a few weeks
1: after this incident, another De Halivand Express went down, this one belonging to Qantas, and they found an issue. The centre of gravity in the aircraft was fucked up, which means it's prone to stalling, because the balance is wrong, so it tilts and drops out of the sky. But yeah, I don't know. It sounds to me... Like a combination of early issues with visual navigation that still mm. affect visual flights to this day, a bit of a dodgy aircraft. Possibly. You know, I, it doesn't sound like the weather has to be bad for it to go wrong. Just, Or maybe something happened. Some mechanical fault. It's it's so hard to but say. But no one's speculating aliens or anything like that in this one. It's just a plane that disappeared.
0: It does heavily. Everything I read heavily refers back to this other a- aircraft. and He doesn't call it an aircraft. He calls it an aerial machine, which is also kind of odd.
1: That could also just be how they spoke at the time, though.
0: Well, no, apparently, like, from what I read, no. Like, oh, okay. people called them airplanes. That was the thing so the fact that he said aerial machine implies that he didn't know what it was okay which i mean also doesn't necessarily mean ufo or anything like that it could just be that he didn't have knowledge of what it was
1: especially at this time when so many aircraft look so vastly different
0: exactly so that doesn't automatically say that but i think it is still worth mentioning Hmm. what's to say it wasn't a ufo maybe uh maybe all these guys are with fred valentich somewhere (laughs)
1: <laughs> they're all just hanging out on yeah. the island with <laughs> Elvis and Michael Jackson and
0: Tupac. Well, were they abducted? No.
1: Well, no, but supposedly they faked their deaths and they're hanging out on an island off the coast of New Zealand.
0: What a nice time for them.
1: Well, how far these things flew, they used to fly the route from Khartoum in Sudan to the capital of Nigeria.
0: But, I mean, I do think it is interesting that... It's just, it's very similar circumstances. It
1: is an oddly similar story, I will agree. Um, That's why I'm um, like, it'll be creepy if something happens. I hope it doesn't, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. 2022, 44 more years after.
0: Yeah. And I mean, th- the thing is, obviously, we don't have as well of a documented case for this one because it was so long ago, you know, whereas we still have recordings and stuff from Fred Valentich. So it gives us a bit more information. Still not a lot, though. We still don't know what happened. Mm. It just sort of seems very eerily similar.
1: Jesus Christ. Okay, so these things used to fly from Khartoum in Sudan all the way to Lagos in Nigeria, okay? Now, despite how deceptively small it looks on maps, Africa is fucking huge. That's 3,338 kilometers in a straight line in an aircraft that can only do 260 tops. That's a long-ass fucking flight. (laughs) And it's not it one I'd want to make. Didn't look very comfortable. Single row of seats down each side. Very small thing. I, God, early air travel was fucking gross.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think it also is worth noting. I didn't put it in my notes, so I can't remember their names. But most of the passengers on the Miss Hobart were notable people. They were rich. Like
1: Interesting. So Well, I guess flying really only was for the rich back then.
0: Yeah, and apparently it's not like, you know, maybe the pilots were envious and fucking killed them all, because they were also well-off rich people, so, mm. you know, these people were missed, this wasn't like, you could just take them out and no one would notice. That adds adds another level of a Ooh, There's a mystery. nice picture of one flying over Dunedin, New Zealand. But yeah, I mean, that's basically all I have. It it just sort of, when I started reading about it, I was like, this is this is too similar.
1: For the record, Havilland got much better at making aircraft, so if you're worried that you're going to fly somewhere, you find your planes at Deheleven, don't.
0: <laughs> they some a pretty good aircraft
1: these days. <laughs> I think the most popular is the Dash 8, or a Q400, they call it.
0: I'm assuming these are also light aircraft.
1: Well, the Q400 is interesting. It's a propeller plane. It's quite long. Qantas flies a lot of them around Australia, but they travel at near jet speeds, so they're quite impressive machines. Hi, okay. You would have, you've definitely probably seen these at airports. You know? Oh, yeah, I've seen Yeah, those. you've I've seen, seen, seen plenty of them. I've been on one of those? More than likely, especially if you've flown in and out of a regional Australian airport. You've probably flown on a Dash. It looks
0: very familiar.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're very good aircraft. Unlike the Halibut eighty-six,
0: <laughs> we can forgive them because it I don't think we early. knew enough. they have <laughs> fairly
1: just the first flight was less than what I think the first flight was in nineteen oh three, off the top of my head, and that was what nineteen thirty-four. They'd only been flying for thirty-one years. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly aircraft travel developed over the last centuries? Nuts, and you know what else is nuts? I spoke about it last week. I'm going to talk about it again. People keep fucking up translations in their advertising.
0: Oh, oh my God. Okay.
1: <laughs> this one is a bit more close to home. It's again about Maori. Okay. It's another Maori language fuck up from a global corporation. But at least this time it takes place properly in New Zealand. So we spoke last week about the hoodoo hoodoo beer. Which they thought meant feather. Turns out it meant pubic hair. <laughs> I've got a friend who might be sending me some before they change the branding. We'll see. I've got to wait a few weeks for him to go to uh, Alberta, Canada, or wherever it was he was in, and then <laughs> pray that it somehow gets here in coronavirus shipping.
0: I yeah, I think you. That's a that's a tall order.
1: What were you saying to me today? The postal services here are backed up by two, three weeks.
0: Uh, two weeks was the last thing I heard, but it's probably worse than that now. Jesus
1: Christ! I ordered a new. M- monitor
0: that's why i told you to not pick OzPost post because i don't know when my only get options it.
1: were OzPost post or star trek which is owned by OzPost. post
0: yes it is
1: <laughs> and for some reason they offered standard shipping at 24 dollars. could take up to a week they said or i could have express shipping for one to two days a dollar cheaper who's gonna pay more for slower shipping oh no that's too fast i don't want it <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, i'll pay I, more to I, I get wanna, my products later wait. damn it I wanna wait, I want the anticipation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need this. Why I saw someone on Twitter saying they're upset because all the packages had arrived and they had nothing to look forward to now. So oh, we'll Maybe it's a thing. Maybe that's something people do now. Your delivery service is too good. I pay you more money.
0: To not send
1: it to I me. <laughs> want to feel like I'm a child on Christmas Eve waiting. <laughs> and Christmas Eve is taking three days. You, do you remember that when you were a kid? But like, super, counting down to Christmas? On oh, Christmas Eve, you just fucking couldn't sleep, and it was the oh, longest yeah. fucking
0: day of your life, and you're like, oh, my God! It really is sad that, like, all the magic of that is sucked out of it when you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's why I brought it right down.
1: Um, Corporations fucking up. You yeah. like Coca-Cola. I fucking love Coke. Well, this is their fuck-up this time.
0: <sighs> what are they doing?
1: So this week, I've decided to close out my stories on another company stuffing up when it comes to the Maori language. I'm going to send you an image now, okay? It's of a Coca-Cola vending machine, and I want you to read it and tell me what you think it means. <laughs> okay. Now, hopefully you recognise the first word, but I'll understand if you don't. There you go.
0: I actually don't know what that means. Okay.
1: Well, it's pronounced Kiora.
0: Well, I didn't know that either. What does it say? What you just said, and mate. Kiora,
1: mate. Yeah. Kiora, mate. So, Kiora is a pretty standard maori greeting it's the one they use all the time
0: i've definitely heard it before and i've Will definitely I? had it said to me but yes. i don't know what it means
1: it's just a greeting they pretty much use it like hello but i think you can use it in a few more situations what's than the actual hello. translation i don't actually know i just know it's a greeting let's have a look Kia ora meaning it's a greeting wishing good health right now mate i assume you know what that word means friend yeah
0: friendito
1: Exactly. They use it-
0: Unless you're Australian and then it means you're a cunt. I suppose. You you get an Australian angry and they call you mate, you know you're in trouble.
1: Mm. I do think that most people associate mate with Australia though. Yeah, definitely. But I think you're right in that mate has sort of come around to be a bit more of a derogatory not a derogatory, but like
0: it, no, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean like it's not straightforward. I yeah. don't ever really he- hear people using the word mate in a casual way. No, usually when people are pissed off, they'll use it. Yeah, they're like, mate. Yeah, like it's 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 not. Yeah, it's not straightforward. I not- know it's difficult to I- explain, but yeah.
1: Okay. Well, on this vending machine, as you can see, and I'll describe it for the people listening along. You've got the words ora which is a Maori greeting, and they're in a white coloured font. And there's a comma after them. And then in yellow, you have mate, which is an Aussie Kiwi slang for friend is an easy way to put it. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem, though. M-A-T-E also spells a word in Maori.
0: Oh, God. Okay.
1: This is similar to an issue I encountered in New Guinea, where a very common word in uh, Tok Pisin is Savik. They- Okay. Which is kind of just like an understand sort of word, like Savim or Minasavim, like, understand, I don't get it kind of thing. But they spell it save, S-A-V-E. Right. time I okay. saw it written on a street sign. I was like, what? <laughs> My dad's like, no, that's savvy. I'm like, oh, right, of course. Makes total... instantly I was like, right, I get it now. So you have M-A-T-E. And you've definitely heard this Maori word... I'd imagine, especially if you've ever watched the All Blacks perform a haka.
0: <laughs> There's a solid no for me, but okay. <laughs> we
1: have to fix that. The, yeah, no. You can just watch the haka and then leave.
0: I don't like rugby. It's
1: not even a bloody rugby, it's just the haka. Kamate.
0: Never heard of it. It's
1: very well known, not from Form haka by the All Blacks. Featuring the line Kamate, Kamate, Kaora. Kaoda. Oh,
0: yeah. Actually, I have ha- have heard that. Told you. Told you you've heard it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so mate, M-A-T-E, which is in English mate, is pronounced mate, yeah. and it's a different word Hang on, wait. Maori. Isn't
0: the haka like an intimidation? Yeah. It's a war song. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So where do you
1: think this might be going?
0: I have a feeling it's not good.
1: <laughs> no. No, it's not. So they repeat, ka mate, ka mate, ka ora. Forgive me for my pronunciations. I've unfortunately never got to learn how to do a haka because I left New Zealand before I got taught.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing I'd like to go back and do. You print twice the main body, and it's essentially the chorus of that particular haka, which, butchering it, but making it easy to understand for everyone else. Now, ka ora translates to, is life. Right. Ka mate means, is death. Okay, cool. Therefore, if you read the machine in Maori, which it kind of leads you into because the first word is in Maori. Yeah, you have I can
0: totally get where the misunderstanding comes from.
1: Ki ora mate, which would translate out as, hello, death.
0: And that's what I want with my coat. <laughs>
1: I didn't list it, but the article went on to mention how Coca-Cola is kind of to blame for a lot of uh, (laughs) health issues and obesity that in particular affects the Maori population in New Zealand. So a bit of, you know, insult to to what they've done.
0: I obviously didn't mean it that (sighs) way.
1: So I can understand the logic behind what they're thinking. Hello, mate.
0: Right, makes total sense.
1: That didn't account for the fact that it reads as hello death.
0: <laughs> I think it makes matters worse because you were saying that it's actually pretty much wishing you good health. Yeah. Following I with with that with death. <laughs> it's just it's not a good look. <laughs>
1: there you go. Hello death.
0: Thanks, Coke. <laughs> <laughs> what was it?
1: What was it? What's their fucking slogan? Sure. Uh, Coke with mate.
0: Yeah, do they have a slogan anymore? I don't know. I've got a can of Coke right here. All it says is Coke and no sugar because mm. I'm a basic. They don't fish. even
1: have the ribbon on there anymore. There's no just a ribbon under the Coke logo.
0: They're very um plain these
1: days. But they had Coke cans here that had share a can of Coke with. Yeah, but I don't mate. know if
0: that's like their logo. Or like their no, slogan. No, but I'm
1: saying what if they fucked it up and said another one here. Share a can of Coke with Death.
0: <laughs> Excuse me?
1: <laughs> have a Coke with your pal Death.
0: Oh dear. <sighs> I don't think
1: <laughs> death drinks cola.
0: So, as of 2016, Coke's ad campaign uses the slogan "Taste the feeling." I don't know who was high at Coke when they wrote that, but
1: the uh, article I used for that one was it's a 2018 story, so they'd already dropped the... They were already using "Taste the feeling," "Taste the feeling of death." <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, if you drink a lot of Coca Cola, this it will you, I suppose. Uh, written by Eleanor Ainge Roy, who I believe I've used her work before. Thanks again, Eleanor.
0: Yeah, no that that is that is Coke's slogan. Uh, this last the most feeling. recent one I can find is Taste of Feeling, and that's fucking stupid.
1: Coca Cola.
0: Who pays these marketing people? Oh,
1: it feels like bubbles. Feels like a rather really soft drink, but your teeth feel weird afterwards.
0: <laughs> don't say anything bad about my beloved Coke, alright?
1: Well, at least it's not fucking Pepsi. It's true. It's true.
0: Okay, well, to finish this out, I've got another story about planes. Are you me? I don't know why I picked these, but this is weird. Oh, we are. this
1: one. Yes, okay. <laughs>
0: um,. I realized after I, because I saved it purely based on the headline, which I'll tell you at the end. But then I realized that I really should have given it to you after I read it. But then I'd already read it. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm doing it.
1: (laughs) I believe I do kind of know some parts of the story already.
0: Well, it's very short. So buckle up. A Cessna 404 Titan, which for reference is a light aircraft which can hold up to 10 passengers, Yes. attempted a flight between Papua New Guinea and Queensland but crashed at takeoff due to the amount of cocaine they were trying to transport being too heavy. <laughs> can you imagine having that much cocaine?
1: What defines a light aircraft is any aircraft that has a maximum takeoff weight of 7,000 kilograms or less.
0: They did mention in the article that when they were transporting it by road, they were going to hide it in rock, but I'm like, was that on the plane? Is I don't that how know. they fucked it up? Because clearly they weren't just like bags of cocaine on the floor of the plane. Clearly they were hiding it in something, but they didn't mention if the rock was on the flight or if that's just how they were going to transport it by road.
1: Okay, the Cessna 404 is not capable of 7,000 kilogram takeoff weight. It caps out at 3,810, but that's still a lot of cocaine. That is. Because they had more than that.
0: Okay, so the cocaine was not that much. It allegedly held approximately 500 kilograms of cocaine. So what were they hiding it in? Jiprock by the sounds of it. That was the only reference I could find. Yeah, that's going to go well. Just 500 kilograms of cocaine has a street value of 80 million. Damn. Damn.
1: I can see why they did it. But you think with those prices, they could get themselves a bit of a better plan.
0: Or a better plan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, it just seems like poor planning and execution all around. Where in New Guinea was it taking off from? So it tried to take off from a remote airstrip near Port Moresby.
1: Okay, which is the capital. Yeah. Remote airstrip in Port Moresby and they're flying it to
0: Queensland. Queensland.
1: It's not that far, I suppose. Probably, what, Cairns?
0: I would assume so because they were flying it into Queensland and then it was going to be transported by road. Because it was going to Melbourne.
1: so a remote airstrip near... Which,
0: I read that, and I'm like, what the fuck? How are you going to get it into Melbourne? Who the fuck's going to buy cocaine in Melbourne at the moment? There's no one on the street. Right. No one can afford to buy coke right now. <laughs> Just, yeah, ridiculous. Anyway. That is a
1: long flight in a fucking Cessna Titan.
0: Well, I mean, there was 80 million on the line. I don't think they cared. God.
1: That's 8,000 kilometers. No, it's not. That doesn't make sense. I can't fucking read.
0: I was about to say, that sounds too far. <laughs>
1: It's 850 kilometres. Okay. I <laughs> so wait a minute.
0: There's a decimal point, all right? I got scared. <laughs> the numbers were too big. It took authorities six days to search the drugs when they were eventually found in the jungle. And then I've written here when I was reading this uh, article. How you yeet 500 kilos of coke that far is beyond me, but whatever.
1: <laughs> Look corruption is a big problem in new guinea it's quite possible the officers were selling it themselves
0: okay i mean fair's fair it's and they just said
1: code. we're struggling to find it don't know where the cocaine is
0: <laughs> but the point is they eventually did find it mm. so i don't know read into that what you will i suppose five members from a it's melbourne-based a crime syndicate
1: flight this aircraft can't go over ten thousand feet that's a long ass flight this fucking thing
0: 80 million worth of coats. i
1: suppose although it has a, sorry it has a never exceed speed oh my god okay 441 kilometers now.
0: So five members from a Melbourne-based crime syndicate faced multiple charges for attempting to import the drugs into Australia. The plan was to get around COVID travel restrictions by flying the small aircraft illegally at a low height to avoid radar detection.
1: Yeah. I wonder they're going to fly it to because the radar goes pretty far down low in uh, airspace around Melbourne.
0: Well, they weren't. They were planning on flying Queensland. This is what I don't understand is how they thought they were going to get it to fucking Melbourne. They have Queensland. radar
1: all the way up the east coast of australia though so you going not have to fly it quite low the radar in melbourne is still on mountaintops but you still get aircraft turning up at like you know two thousand odd feet
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: not very high Actually, well i guess they were out.
0: planning on doing it lower than that
1: <laughs> that said though is a vfr aircraft so even if they turn up on the radar they may not be paying attention to them because they're in the background so you don't have to watch them Whatever, they didn't make it that
0: far anyway. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, the first one was (laughs) having
1: too much weight on your aircraft.
0: So the plane had an Australian pilot who handed himself in at the Australian consulate in New Guinea and was arrested and charged. That's it. That's all the information I have. But these fucking criminals were really dumb. (laughs) I mean, how do you have like a whole like drug syndicate with these people? I feel like it's not a very successful one. Why
1: a Titan? Get a better aircraft. 80 million bucks. You can buy a better small aircraft.
0: They don't have the 80 million yet.
1: I'm sure it's not the first time they've sold... Co- maybe it is, <laughs> that's why they fucked it up. Yeah,
0: maybe, I don't know, but it's, just, it's a ridiculous story. Uh, not being able to take off because the plane's too full of drugs.
1: <laughs> too many drugs in my plane. Can't do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Titans are all, like, from the 70s. It was probably just what they could get. i mean, a it mean, you know, the Titans have been around since the 70s, people are still flying, so there must be a decent aircraft,
0: but... Not when you put that many drugs in them. No, they have a limit. <laughs> I feel
1: that was very quick.
0: Yeah, same. I I feel weird. This doesn't feel, like, right. I feel like there should be more. (laughs) There
1: should be more. But there isn't.
0: But there isn't. I have nothing else prepared.
1: i got one little thing to add at the end. I don't think I'm going to do as a whole story, but it was sent to us. So obviously we've got lockdown and a curfew here in Melbourne. Someone sent me a story and part of it mentions one guy in Melbourne's broken curfew something like 26 times.
0: What a dickhead.
1: Sorry, he's been caught breaking it 26 times. Yeah,
0: exactly. So probably a lot more than that.
1: That's nearly like my year's salary and fines.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What a dickhead. He's probably one of those assholes who thinks he doesn't have to pay it.
1: (sighs) People are stupid. Yeah. Stay home, wear a mask don't be a fuckwit alright
0: I, I just feel Time like if I up. keep going I, I with that need I'm, to I'm end. gonna rant you're about you know? to
1: crash anyway
0: yeah i was struggling I'm really sorry I think the only
1: reason this <gasps> went, the recording went as long as it did was because you kept like passing out halfway through your sentences
0: <laughs> honestly I I, well, I hope you edit them out but there's so many times where I just went halfway through a sentence and then blanked yep <laughs> It was really bad. So I'm sorry if, like, yeah, my energy is a bit off in this episode. I am struggling right now. My headache is so bad. Straight struggling. Strug Straight life. struggling. Struggle life. Also, that is also based off a time I had a headache and couldn't get struggling out, so I just said struggling. Is that where that comes from? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember where I got it from.
1: <laughs> struggling. <with. laughs> Uh, everything's such a
0: struggle. It is such a struggle.
1: With well, the struggle life. Maybe that could be another t-shirt for us. The strug life.
0: It didn't. Uh, oh, fuck. I can't remember how that goes. My brain doesn't work anymore. I
1: didn't choose the struggle life. Chose me. The strug life forced itself upon me. <laughs> if, I, if you'd like to tell us about how the struggle. Fuck, now I'm doing
0: it. <laughs> sorry
1: if you'd like to let us know that you're also living the struggle life or send us any feedback at all you can email us at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com that's fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com as always you can follow us on twitter at podcast to keep up to date on when new episodes are released and more and all this information will be available in the episode notes and you can also find it on our website at fuckmedeadpodcast.com that's which also the has a list of ways you can listen to us including directly from the website. Oh my god! Whoa! What? You can listen to podcasts on the web. Far out. Fuck me,
0: dead dude. Name drop. Uh, subscribe if you have the time. Leave us a review. Whoa. Okay, it's starting to get weird. It's ten p.m. Yeah, it's ten p.m.
1: <laughs> it's ten p.m. That's it for me. This is it. This you is gonna, the end. you can gonna try and fumble your way through an outro. We just.
0: Yep. Thank you again so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back at the same time next week, hopefully without a headache.
1: And I promise there'll be no more semen stories.
0: I'll hold you to then. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.